Hello everyone, uh, Zach here, and during this year of stewardship, we're going to be hearing from folks about what Urban Grace means to them and, and why it's important that we invest in our church. And today we're going to hear from one of our pillars of our church, one of our uh, longest running members, uh, Willie Stewart. Hi Willie, how are you? Oh, just fine, Zach. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for uh, joining me here for a, a virtual internet hangout. Let's uh, start by kind of taking it back a little bit. Could you share kind of how you arrived at Urban Grace and when that was? Yes, in fact, I was out at Fort Lewis from 1958 to 1960. And so I settled in the community in 1960 and was active in one of the uh, African-American churches. And then in 1963, my family felt that we should be involved in more of multiracial community. So in 1963 in April, I joined uh, First Baptist and uh, been involved with that t since that period of time. And my kids were raised there and, and the whole family. So we've had a grand experience there at Urban Grace, which is, well, First Baptist, which is now Urban Grace. You know, and um, as I've heard the story told, you were pretty involved in this decision to stay downtown. Can, can you share about kind of what that discussion was like and what your thinking was? Right. Well, we had about eight or nine people on the committee. I was the chairman of the group. And uh, membership was really in a declining state. And so we had a discussion what would happen if we choose to go downtown. Well, the church had, had purchased some property in the, near, near the Furcus area. But we felt very strongly if we decided to leave downtown, there would not be another facility there. And, and there would always be people downtown on weekends or whatnot. So we took the position that we should just pray and, and put faith in God and just stay on the corner. And uh, we, made, we made the decision. We struggled. And then someone said, you know, it's the first Baptist that's not getting it done. Most churches now are going to more non-denominational in name. And so then we started meeting, and we had all kind of names that came up, and we finally suggested the Urban Grace Church, the downtown church. Mm -hmm. And um, and when when did that transition happen? Roughly, oh, rough. I would say it was a little after two thousand. And we actually, actually, the discussion went on for maybe five or six years, but then we final then we finalized it and made that decision, and we had a couple of ministers who who came to work with us, and then finally we settled down, and then we had, uh, uh, this, we had the experience where we had the minister to come from Skyline Church, uh, from the Presbyterian Church, rather, and work with us, and he brought some persons from UPS and other uh, communities, and then finally Ben joined us, and we just continued to grow. Mm -hmm. I can remember we had uh, zero children there as far as a, a church on Sunday mornings. Wow. And so I can still remember Donna Scrimmage saying how great it would be to have some, some children. Helen Wallace said the same thing. And then finally, the young people started coming and children started coming. And, and we're excited with over 22 every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're doing great. It's hard to imagine it without them. What does that name Urban Grace mean to you? And especially in kind of... Or what does that have to do with what our church stands for? I felt that urban grace, urban itself would indicate that we're downtown, yeah. that we're in a community. And grace to me would mean that we're, we are accepting and we feel that things that happen by God's grace. And so that's what it really meant to me. One that's willing to serve and serve the entire community. For sure. 
Um, and you've spent your whole life kind of giving your time and your, your resources and your career and your personal life um, to community and to kind of empowering and assisting and caring for, for others, both individually and systemically. Um, you know, what's your kind of ethic or why are you so committed to, to giving? Well, first, I want to say, I want to give my mother credit for that, because we come from a family of 11, seven boys and four girls. And so we had to take care of each other. In spite of our size of the family, my mother would always find a way to help others. Uh, I can still remember her with, uh, with the household of us still taking care of an aunt who had a stroke because mm. we didn't have the facilities in the South that would accommodate uh, African-Americans, nor, nor did we have the money. So service became a part of me through that experience. Then she would always say, regardless of how much money we had, she would also say, take a portion of it and return it to the church. God has enabled you to be successful, to make, make a dollar, give him 10%. And so she didn't talk in terms of the scripture much with it as actually words to do it. And so I grew up with the whole concept of just giving. And then with the experience of being in the school system and seeing the needs of families and being in urban grace in the population of community persons, uh, it was easy for me to uh, feel free to do that. And when a decision was made by the group that we should have at least one community thing, and we ended up with the breakfast, people realized we tried the dinner, we tried, we've tried everything. Mm. And all at once, with the help of a few, we made that decision. And I can appreciate uh, Doris Crillis was involved with it, with her husband, Francis Bowen, uh, Kay Webb, uh, and currently uh, and, uh, Charlotte and Don Summers, and a few others. But... Uh, because we saw the needs of the people, it was easy to become a part of that. And I have been blessed uh, personally with, with, with the job. I think back that uh, I am now 85 in December, and I have not been unemployed or without a paycheck at any time since I've been 20 years of age. For you. And, and, I'm, and I'm still uh, being sought to be a consultant when I'm trying to retire. So That's God bad. has been good. So I, I really, I don't do it just because I think I... I will begin with giving something. I, I give it out of my heart. But as I find myself giving, the more I give, the more freely I want to give. That's awesome. You know, I think for a lot of folks at our church, there's so many things that we want to give to, you know, whether it's um, organizations working with the immigrant community or organizations working on homelessness issues or the environment or, or all these things. I'm sure, you know, there's very few people um, at Urban Grace, I imagine, who give to just Urban Grace. Um, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, I'll just speak for myself and, and Ben can cut this out if he wants, but I think sometimes there's a temptation to kind of be like, get more, um, that balance between giving to church and giving to our faith community and giving to other organizations. Um, you know, sometimes you can be kind of more of the moment, more passionate about something you've seen in the news or in your community. How do you keep coming back to the importance of giving to Urban Grace and giving to your faith community? Yeah. It has been very easy for me, even though I support other organizations. But my first check every month is written to Urban Grace. Mm. And after that, I can still find a need to sacrifice for the Boys and Girls Club, yeah. for the American Cancer Society, for my fraternity and other organizations. And I have found the more I give, the more I receive. 
Mm. Also, at my age now, you have to remember there are expenses that I used to have I don't have anymore, which also frees more income. I always say to a couple of my friends, when we really needed income, we did not have it. Now at our age, we have to determine how we're going to get rid of it or distribute it. So it's a spirit of giving. And, uh, and I feel that those of us who have more should give more. And uh, you will find as you continue with your family, when, when they grow up and you're taking care of them with their college and everything else, you're going to have additional resources. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have the kind of employment when I was working to stabilize retirement by being a part of the government system for the entire 40-year career. Whether it was in, uh, I was in first time, I was dual. First of all, with the school district, which is a state uh, system. And then I spent 30 years with the Army Reserves, which is a government thing. And then in the state of Washington, you pay a Social Security tax, so you get Social Security. And so I, as I've been blessed, I want to continue to share. And I also want to say that it's amazing you give money, that's easy. What's really important is when you can give service, when yeah. you can volunteer for a person. See, that's my excitement when I could be a part of that breakfast for over 20 some yeah. years, getting up and being in, in that building every Sunday morning at six o'clock, preparing for, the, preparing for over 100 to 200 persons. Or this past summer has been a great one. Each Wednesday in the month of August, September, and October, I was able to help the Farm and Market Group to distribute food packages to, to, to families. And I did it, and I had the assistance of Boomer with me, and we had a great time doing that. Um, I also found out once a month I go down to the Al Davis Boys and Girls Club and tutor some fourth and fifth and sixth graders from the Hilltop area. It's just uh, a commitment to it, and you'll find the time to do it. Yeah. Um, I asked you earlier a couple questions about the history of the church. You know, as you think about Urban Grace um, and Tacoma and where we're at now, um, where we're headed, you know, why is Urban Grace going to be important to this community for years to come? Simply because it meets the changing needs of our community. Everyone is welcome. Yeah. And because just being an open church to all mm -hmm. is why we would always survive. Um, and I, and I think our programs will reflect that with the full participation of everyone. And each Sunday morning, the, the minister makes it very clear, and everyone who's doing it, uh, who, who might fill in, let him know that we are an, uh, an opening church regardless of who you are, where your background, and what you believe. You are welcome to be a part of us. And that's why I like the community of Urban Grace. I love it. All right, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there, Willie. Thank you so much for, for taking a few moments and Zooming with me here. Well, it's been great. You know, that's my life now, Zooming. Yeah. <laughs> COVID-19 COVID is real. All right, thank you, Willie. Okay. Take care. Okay, thank you, Zach. All, All right. right, have a good day. You too. All right, so kind of one last uh, message that Ben asked me to share. Uh, this week, you'll be receiving a, a letter with more information about um, giving and uh, we'll ask you to make a pledge um, if that's something you're able to do right now um, and, and see if we can work with you to make a plan for uh, giving to Urban Grace and this information is really helpful during this turbulent financial time so the more we can plan ahead and use our resources wisely you know the better it'll be for, for our church community and church staff and, and the programs that we're doing 
Um, but before that, we're going to hear from our treasurer, Michael York, who's going to share a little bit more about what we're doing financially. Bye, everyone.